If you want to open to John chapter 20, uh, we're going to look there this morning. Mark was three years old and his pet lizard died. And since it was her grandson's first brush with death, grandma suggested that Mark and her older brother uh, do a funeral for the lizard. Well, grandma explained what a funeral was. It was a, a ceremony where you have a prayer and you sing a song and then you bury your loved one. Grandma even provided a shoebox for the casket and a place outside in the yard to bury him. Well, the boys thought it was a great idea, so they headed to the backyard. And taking the lead, the older brother said a prayer. And then he turned to little Mark and he said, Mark, would you like to sing a song? And with tears in his eyes, Mark clasped his hands and he bowed his head and he belted out. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no I'll stop singing now. See, I think that's what Pilate and Herod and the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Caiaphas and Annas, everyone that had plotted the death of Jesus Christ, I think that's what they were singing. Those were their fondest thoughts. Hit the road, Jesus. Don't you come back no more. They wanted him gone. They wanted Jesus out of their lives forever. And so they nailed him to a cross and they watched him die. They sealed him in a tomb and they walked away singing, don't you come back no more. They were through. Pilate had washed his hands of the whole affair. And everyone returned to their place of business thinking it was just life as usual. But it wasn't. Yeah, Easter morning started in darkness, but it ended in light. It started in despair and tragedy, but it ended in hope and in triumph. I mean, just imagine how surprised everybody was. Imagine how surprised the disciples were. It was like a a Gomer Pyle moment. Surprise, surprise, surprise. My bad imitation. Everyone was, it was a surprise. Pastor Edward Marquardt wrote, there are certain times in your life when the word surprised is just not enough. We need bigger words. And on Easter morning, I think we need a bigger word, a stronger word, maybe a a grouping of more powerful words to describe how we're feeling. Astonished, astounded, dazzled, dumbfounded, awestruck, amazed. It's truly a wonderful morning. The events of today, the stone being rolled away, was so incredible, we don't really have a word in our language to try to describe the true meaning of today. I mean, we've been trying. For the last 2,000 years, we've been trying to describe today. Imagine the last 2,000 years, every Easter Sunday morning, preachers all around the world stand up at pulpits and try to describe the events that happened. And yet it still amazes us. Uh, Look with me at our scripture this morning. We're going to look at um, John chapter 20, starting with verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb, both running, but the other disciple outran Peter 
and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went in the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture. Jesus had to rise from the dead. Surprise! For the last 2,000 years, we have been trying to describe this. When the disciples heard Mary's incredible story, they run as fast as they can to get to the tomb. John and Peter both stoop down and they look in. They see the burial clothes lying there. They see the head that the wrap that had been around Jesus' head. And they believed. Though they still didn't understand what had happened, Scripture says they believed. And this morning, we come from all kinds of places. Different needs, different desires, all kinds of fears and burdens. Some of us come to worship this morning and we're just feeling out of breath from the week. Just exhausted. Some of us come because our family and our friends maybe drug us here. Some of us come because, well, that's what you do on Easter Sunday morning. Some of us come because we're seeking hope in a world that seems so hopeless. And some of us come just to be reminded of what Christ did. But for whatever reason we come, God wants us to come and stoop down and look in the empty tomb like John did. He wants us to stoop down and look in and believe. Now, I warn you, there are a lot of things in our world today that will try to distract us from the triumph, from the power and the joy of today. There are a lot of physical things that this world would rather us focus on instead of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are relationships that might try to distract us from the primary reason that we are here, and that is to worship our Lord and Savior. There are other ideas and theologies that try to distract us and take away that hope. But we believe. We know differently, don't we? I mean, isn't that why we come this morning? Because of what we believe? Because of what we know? And my question to you is, so what? Does it make a difference? Does it truly make a difference? I was hoping someone would be like, yes! <laughs> yes, it makes a difference. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't come and worship every Sunday with us if it didn't make a difference about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It makes a big deal. See, we live in a Good Friday world, don't we? We live in a world filled with pain and suffering and anguish and sin and death. And it gets played out every day in front of us. Sometimes it's played out in our own lives. And that's why Easter is so important, because it reminds us that we are resurrection people. We are Easter Sunday people, people of the empty tomb. Easter reminds us that Good Friday doesn't get the last word. God gets the last word. And that word is Jesus. Jesus, who was raised from the dead with the promise of eternal life for everyone who follows him. Jesus, who is full of hope. Jesus, who through God's Holy Spirit wraps us in his mercy and grace. 
Jesus, whose strength fuels us each day. Jesus, who walks with us, even carries us through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus, who defeated death. See, the tomb no longer frightens us because we've been forgiven, because we have been received the promise of eternal life. And once we get that forgiveness, we can face anything. Chris Moretz lived down in New Orleans, and he decided to ride out Hurricane Katrina all by himself in his home. And after the worst of the storm had passed, he looked and his house had been flooded, partially destroyed, and he wanted to get a note to his family to let them know he was still alive. But there was no communication, no phone lines were down, no internet. And so he went up on the top of his house, and he painted a message on the roof. See, Mortez is alive. Pass it on. And he put down his brother's phone number who lived in Tucson, Arizona. Well, his brother Gerard was going out about 36 hours of not knowing anything. He had watched the news. He had seen all the stories. The worst of the worst played out in his mind of what could have happened to his brother. And he said, then all of a sudden the phone rang. Chris's message had gotten out. News media started to cover it. It started going all over the Internet. And people from all around the world began calling Chris's family to let them know Chris was alive. See, we live in a Good Friday world, but we're Easter people. And we know that Christ is alive. Through the cross of Christ, we see a world that is illuminated from the light that came through the empty tomb. And for the early church, the message was simple. Jesus is alive. Pass it on. And for us, as the church today, the message stays the same. Jesus is alive. Pass it on. Pray with me. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the power, for the hope that we get because of your power. God, we thank you for your mercy and grace. God, we thank you most of all for your son who was willing to die for us so that we could live forever with you. God, I pray that's the message that we pass on every day. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.